We got some great stories to discuss this week. Let's start off with a, a couple of smaller stories, and then we'll get to the big stuff. Um, so first up, uh, Mayo, uh, what's going on with with Apple's non Apple display on the Apple Store? Yeah, this is a continuation of the last week's saga when the 4K ultrafine display had mysteriously left the Apple Store. It's been out of stock; you can't buy it anymore. And now, over the weekend, the LG Ultrafine 5K has also uh, led to the same fate, where it's just out of stock and not available. There hasn't been an explanation or a reason for why seemingly now both of the monitors that Apple advertises to work best with its products are now no longer sold. (laughs) I mean, we all know that Apple's working on their own external display, but that display, the 31.6-inch thing, is probably going to target a different category of customer and price bracket than even the LG ones. Like, the LG ones aren't super cheap, but I think we're all kind of expecting the Apple one to be even more expensive. So it'd be weird for them to stop selling the ultrafines and just have, you know, Apple's new 31-inch screen and nothing else. So yeah, maybe there's a refresh to the ultrafines on the way, but it's a bit of a weird situation at the moment. Yeah, I mean, they could definitely deal with any improvement because the 4K one's okay, but it's not pretty. And the 5K one is is a, a nice screen, but the the design of the display casing is just really bad. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's quite, it's a few years old now. Yeah, it's a few years old. There's there's a little bit of a distinction between what happened to the 4K and what happened to the 5K so far, at least. It's that the 4K one, the page went away. And when you searched for it, it just showed you like IMAX and uh, I think that was it. And the 5K, when the page is still there, like you can see it, but it says pickup is unavailable and then stock is sold out, which could mean that it's coming back. Um since they didn't just remove the actually like the URL goes to nowhere anymore, uh, it actually still goes to the product page just out of stock, and and that's a page that I don't know why, but it's in my list of like sites to check every single day for work, um, and I think it's from back whenever we had this story, like we broke the story about how it <laughs> it didn't work near uh, routers with wireless access points, and so there was a period where um, you were waiting for it to return to the store. Well, <laughs> they they never bought it back as like a store pickup item. They never stocked them in Apple stores again. They just let you order them and then they would mail you one. Um, but and and this past like four weeks or so, it's gone from like next day availability or like you know the next three days availability via mail to like three to four weeks out. And it's gone back and forth where like it's it's slim stock no stock or it's never been like no stock that i've seen but it's been like slim stock to like yeah readily available um and i would joke with you over iMessage of that like like if it would be like four weeks out i'd say like look here's a new display coming in four weeks because it's like the thing that that sites always take note of and be like god oh, the ipod touches are out of stock they're going to be replaced whenever these new ones are supposed to ship um which hardly pans out that way um yeah the apple store just has a lot of items that are regularly <laughs> not in stock yes uh, and so it could be that there there have been like three available, one available, and now there's actually zero available for the first time in a while, and then, and they'll just be back in stock next week, and that nothing will change. <laughs> or it could be that there's something new coming. And, and we had one tip that we didn't run the story on, but it, it was about a new LG Ultrafine display of some type coming. Yeah, like a 24 inch model. Yeah, which wouldn't be. I mean, so far, like the the, the what's special about the 4K and 5K LG displays. They're not great values, but they're also like there's not a a non-LG product like them in that they are the screens that you get from the IMAX prior to the IMAX 5K 
getting like some color enhancement. Uh, they, they used to be like the same screens by parity, and now, now the 5K iMac is a little bit better than the display. Um, but generally, it's the same resolution at least and same screen size. And a 24 inch wouldn't be that screen size; it would be in between. So you couldn't have like matching display side by side, and and if if this was the replacement, so it's. But I, I also like I just don't think that whatever Apple makes is going to be even close to like thirteen hundred dollars. <laughs> I mean, it, it, you know, so I don't know. But it's it's a weird space because they have the iPad Pro and they market displays for it, for like you know sending video out, and they have the Mac Mini that needs a display to work at all. And they always market like multiple displays for iMac and iMac Pro, so it's weird. Um, the other weird thing <laughs> this week is a new game with some involvement from Apple. Uh, tell me about that. Yeah, this is, you know, the trope of this wouldn't happen when Steve Jobs is alive. I feel like this is one of the times when it's true because <laughs> Apple has commissioned a game with from this studio that is about Warren Buffett. And basically, it all comes off this joke from the Warren Buffett uh, like yearly investor meeting, where Cook actually attended, and there was like this like joke video where they were talking about, you know, they were like laughing about that Warren Buffett still uses a flip phone, not an iPhone, and if if he could make an app, what app would he make? And they like joke about, oh, well, when he was, you know, when he he's the whole the whole story of Warren Buffett is he started off as just being doing a paper round delivering newspapers hmm. and it's like what if we made a game where it's about delivering newspapers and everyone's like ha 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 and then and then they actually they actually made it <laughs> yeah yeah so they got they but the, clearly apple paid some company to make it because it's attributed to some other companies like design work mm-hmm. but the it's on and it's on the it's on the app store under that publisher's name but the copyrights apple's the privacy policy privacy policy is apple's. Like, like if you look at mario as like intellectual property to nintendo like all the ip in this game is apple mm-hmm. right yeah like, like an emoji and it features like an emoji of warren buffett and tim cook and you yeah. go around cupertino and apple park and basically the game is you flick newspapers into windows and <laughs> it's you know there's only two levels because obviously it was made you know just as a joke more than anything it is actually quite it's actually quite a good game like you could theoretically see a game like that being you know, like one of those um, free games that has like a, a a week of a week of fame on the App Store stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is, you know, it's like, why did Apple do this? Like, <laughs> yes, Buffett owns five percent of Apple now, and how much stock he owns. But seriously, surely they're cooler than this to like make this dumb game that has two levels and it has some really bad puns when you play it. Like, not, you've you, I see you. Like, if you get a bad score, it's like I see you've been spending your time investing. It's like, oh, come on. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's it's a bit. It doesn't. It's not a good look. I don't think. Like I'm sure somebody found it funny, but it's like a cringy. It reminds me a lot of like a stage thing where you there's a celebrity on stage and you know you do like the the Bono finger touch. Like right. it's like that, but in app form. So I I haven't downloaded it. I've been busy this week. Um, but it's 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 funny to think about in the context of like Apple Arcade <laughs> and like all these series titles that are you know coming. <laughs> this yeah, and, and clearly it's completely independent effort from all that stuff. Yeah. But. Yeah. It's not great timing, I don't think. Like, you yeah. know, we're working on this serious app, this game project for later in the year. Oh, and for some random reason, we commissioned this company to make this joke and then actually ship it. It's like so. the car- carpool karaoke of the TV stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like pretty close series, to that. Yeah, all those serious TV stuff's coming. Because they could have, they could, Apple could have commissioned it and then just released it under Warren Buffett's name. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't really see why they, they did it copyright Apple Inc. Like, that's what makes it, you know gives it the weird attribution and like the tim cook and emoji like tells you what to do and stuff it's like you know apple you, you're cooler than that 
Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's, let's get to the big stories this week. So um, the first thing is we'd mentioned over the past few weeks that, that we had expected to get review units of uh, Beats Power, Beats Pro earphones. And um, we're hoping that they'd be, they'd be here by last week. To, but it turns out it was like Monday whenever they arrived. But um, since early Monday morning, I've had Beats Power, Beats Pro um, the black version, and I, I plan to buy these, like even if they didn't send review units of them, um, in black. But uh, it was it was great to have them, you know, a few days before they actually hit stores and everything, and get to try them out. Uh, and and I'll, I'll admit, like it's felt really neat to like go out to the gym and like run in races and stuff with these, <laughs> knowing that like there are very few people in the world that aren't like you know at Apple and Beats or like athletes <laughs> sponsored by Beats. Yeah. With with these or or like tech reviewers you know, trying them out and everything, but so it, it's been neat having these this week. Um, but that that ex- exclusivity will run out uh, on on Friday uh, when when they actually start arriving to people. But um, yeah, let, let's do the uh, the podcast review of these. So so you don't have these, they're, they're you know, but I don't think you were going to buy them anyway, right? Like they're not no. on the radar. Yeah. And that, that's kind of where my review begins. Um, I'm still working on like the, the written review. By the time the podcast comes out, it should be on this on 95 Mac already. Um, but as of right now, it's mostly an outline <laughs> and some pictures. But um, yeah, I mean, the way I lead into it is that I think that these are the best sport headphones. Like they're like the ultimate sport headphones because you've got the the muscle and the build. And the sound quality of Beats headphones um, with the brains of AirPods. So, and, and not just like AirPods 1, but AirPods 2, um, where they've got the same H1 chip. And that much we kind of get from the specs of it. Um, but when you actually use them, like the way that they sound and everything, it is just leagues above what AirPods can do. Um, the closest I can kind of get to AirPods is like if you intentionally like push them into your ears and you're just like closer to the speaker on the AirPods. Push AirPods into your ears. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That that you hear more sound that way, but I mean, you're you're pushing earbuds into your ears. It's not meant to, to be that way. Um, and and maybe you can get a different sound out of AirPods, like if you put you know some kind of tips on them or something. I don't know. I've never tried that. But but uh, Powerbeats Pro are the in ear ear tips, and and they come with four sizes. And I'm using the largest size. It's what fit the most comfortably. Um, but but you know, so from from being in ear, you get like organic or natural kind of sound isolation where you don't hear the kind of noise around you. You don't have active noise cancellation like you'd have with like powered over ear headphones and that, that what might be coming with, with um, new AirPods later this year. I don't know, but it, it is noticeably like, like quieter just with the earphones in your ears than with AirPods. Um, but then once you start playing music, like it's really good. It's, it's really close to if you have like on your headphones on, but to me, on-ear headphones can be really uncomfortable after like an hour or so. But I've been able to wear Powerbeats Pro like for several hours at a time without any kind of pain or discomfort. So I'm happy with that. Um, and that's another thing. The battery life, like I, I got them on Monday morning. And the first thing I wanted to do was like do a first impressions and hands-on post with like pictures and everything. And then like really throughout the week, evaluate them with, you know, real-world uses. Um but one of the first things I wanted to do was like chart test the battery life and like how far, you know, is it to nine hours? Like, is that accurate? That's what they promise up to nine hours of usage. And it was like noon lunchtime when I started, <laughs> like, just like, I'm going to play back audio. And I should have thought about it. Like noon will take me until 9 PM. But I, that's what I did. was like music at about half volume or podcast at about half volume playing from noon. 
at around five, I picked up my kids and like took an hour off of having earphones in my ears so I could like go out in public and like pick them up, pick up my kids. Um, but we got back home and I was just like quietly playing music. It was like, like 1130 before they died. <laughs> and I was like, this is a bad idea to, to test this long at this part time of the day. But they reliably got beyond their nine hours of battery. Um, which yeah, is that's, that's good because mm-hmm. I feel like the biggest issue that these things have is just how big the charging case is. Yes. Yeah. And so if the battery life is long enough, you almost don't need you don't need to worry about the portability of the case mm-hmm. because like the, I would the, the reason I'm not really interested in these is I love the ability to just like slip my AirPods in my pocket along yep. with like my wallet and stuff and not have to you know worry about it. Like the the AirPods in their case fit in like the uh change pocket of the mm-hmm. jeans of the jeans that I usually wear like not even the big pocket and the powerbeast case is what like three times bigger four times bigger uh, yeah i mean maybe you could fit like one two three four <laughs> like six six cases in the same volume like this big. okay yeah so it wouldn't fit in my pocket all right yeah it's not gonna fit i, I mean uh, uh, it's not gonna fit in like jeans like like uh women's jeans or like or even like skinny jeans so it's not gonna fit yeah which is tends to be what i wear yeah like maybe baggy jeans or like cargo pockets but um it w- the case would fit in my gym shorts and even like running shorts are like a little bit smaller than like what i'd normally wear but um not comfortably and the thing for me like when i go for a run like if i go to a race with airpods i've done that quite frequently i'll bring the case in the car but then leave the car um in uh leave the case in the car and just and just bring my airpods and then the remote key fob for my car which like fit in like a pocket of my shorts usually so then i've got airpods in my ears the apple watch on my wrist for like you know the connectivity stuff and then my my key fob is like in a zipped up pocket on my shorts so i'm just like nothing extra um so i never bring the airpods case like on a run with me um but i do like obviously like take it out and about because for one like if you just had the airpods aside from better life you'd probably you know increase the risk of like losing one like having it slide out of your pocket or like you know, getting misplaced. Um, yeah, like if you were digging in your hand into the pocket and just mm-hmm. trying to pull something else out, your the little you know the light earbuds just ping across the floor like instantly because it's yeah. so small. So even if AirPods got like twelve hours of battery life, I'd probably still use the case because it is that small. But the Powerbeats Pro case is big enough that I'm not going to take it like out and about because it's bulky. But it helps that the they you know the earbuds themselves get nine hours battery battery in total. Um, and and so just the earbuds like they, they are smaller than the airpods case would be in your pocket you know they, they they go together quite slim and flat um so that's what i've been doing is just if i go out for the day then take just the powerbeats pro not the case and there is no like on off they're like airpods um which on off would probably be better in the situation when you think about leaving the case behind but they do have the same sleep behavior as airpods where um if they're in the case they go to sleep or, or turn off and if they're like in your pocket and not in use because it doesn't detect either motion or the sensor de- detecting presence then they go into sleep mode which preserves battery life so they're still like parable you know but but not active um then you extend your battery life by a lot so like for example this morning i checked the battery life at about six a.m. and it was 100% out of the case and then at 7:20 just from being in my pocket it had used 2% but 2% in about an hour and a half isn't so bad so i could yeah, reliably like good. yeah i could like queue up for a race one one morning um you know be there a couple hours early not have a case with me just have the po- the powerbeats pro in my pocket and then have like 95% battery you know of of 9 hours um and get like over 7 hours battery for the day so 
Um, I think the battery life is, is one of the biggest enhancements about this. And I, I hadn't used PowerBeats 3 wireless in a while. Those are the previous versions that they're still, still sold. Um, but those are the ones with the cord in between the left and right earphone. And, and just in like the announcement and everything, I, I just kind of thought this is mostly the cords removed and you've got the same style earbud, but like they've totally redesigned even the external case, not just like the speakers inside. Um, but the whole case is like stylistically way better. Um, it used to be like very straight and like, it almost looks cheap in comparison, even though they're not cheap either, either version. <laughs> um, but it looks so dated now. And then the new version is like, it's got an angle to it. The button just looks way nicer. Um, and it's, it's one of the things that we're wondering is, is everything that Beats has made, even since Apple bought Beats in 2014, has been designed by this manufacturing firm called Ammunition. Um, and including like Beats X, which were a new design and the Pill Plus, which is a new design. Um, but we've, we've not learned if this is Apple or Ammunition for PowerBeats Pro. And, I almost think like maybe it's Apple entirely, you know, not not just because of the chip that they're using inside, but like all around because it looks really. I mean, they, they they feel great, and it isn't just like the the kind of like at a glance look of it, but they're really thin too. So you think if you remove the cable and you've got to have battery that works wirelessly in both earbuds, um, then they they could get thicker, <laughs> but mm. they're actually like way thinner, <laughs> and and. There's a number of like what percentage like I think it's like maybe twenty percent like less volume all over and I thought that would also be just from from this big cord being removed, um, but like the actual like stem of the buds that doesn't go in your ear but the body of it like that's much thinner too, um, and then the the ear hooks are more flexible and like less rigid than than the old version so like even aside from like being totally wireless this time they are much better designed um, yeah just from the pictures the angle on the clip that goes like in front of your ear just looks a lot sleeker and a lot cooler than the like the old power beats like triangle shape yeah i don't know if, i don't know if you can see it, my uh the my review draft but i've got a, a gif <laughs> of um i've got i've got two images that are like the old style earbud and the new style earbud side by side including the cord but then i have a gif of my friend uh, jacob who is like my gym buddy and, and running buddy and i had him kind of like model an ear <laughs> i could take a picture and it's like changing back and forth and it's like jumping a decade in time of like how how modern they look compared to the old ones so um i'm really impressed with that and it, and it took like having them in my hands and like feeling them and like seeing them compared to the other ones to like be like wow this is really way different um so i'm happy with that the other thing is is the um the button placement like it's taken some adjustment to get used to uh, but so, so with AirPods, there are no buttons. There's a single tap gesture. You can double tap the left one, double tap the right one, and you can do one of three actions. You can go to the next track, you can go to the previous track, or you can activate Siri. And then you can always activate Siri with your voice with the new AirPods. Um, so you've got three tasks and you can assign one task to one AirPod and then one task to the other AirPod. And then, you know, that's, that's what you've got. Um, with the PowerBeats Pro, you've got, um, uh, two buttons and really it's three buttons on, on either earphone. So you've got the B button, which is like, it just clicks in. That's all it does. And then on the top of that, you've got a volume rocker, which feels like a single button, like that you click in the middle of it, but really it's, you click the front of it for volume up and the back of it for volume back. And that's taking, uh, like, like the old, like iPad volume rockers. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. 
So it's taken some getting used to to realize like, oh, this isn't one button. It's like a volume rocker that goes forward and backwards. Uh, and, it, and it's mirrored on left and right. So if you just got in one of your phone for some reason, you don't lose any functionality. Um, just like AirPods on that respect. Yeah, unless you assign – like with AirPods, you can assign like like play pause. And I said that's another test. So I guess there's four tests total with, with AirPods. But you can, apply, you can assign play pause to like the left one and then forward track to the right one. And then if you only use one, then you've only got that one task that you've assigned to it. Um, but with the PowerBeats Pro, there's no like left-right customization. So it's just left-right. You get the same function even if you have just one in. Um, oh, but but the number – yeah, the number of things you can do with that button that isn't the volume rocker, the B button, <laughs> is – uh, it, it's like, it's like a learning curve, but it's like a step. It's like a learning curve from the past because you could do this with like wired earbuds before, like ear pods and even like the portable beat speaker. It's like, I think it's like standard controls, but, um, Oh, does it have like the double click forward, triple mm-hmm. click back, all that stuff? Yeah. So here's, here's the whole, like from my memory, here's a list of what you can do. So you've got uh one click to toggle play pause obviously and then also like one click if you get a phone call answers it uh you can press and hold to activate siri if you don't want to use the hey trigger word um for for you know voice control uh and then i think that button if you're like on android and you've got the google assistant i think holding that button down will, will trigger the google assistant um double click goes to next track triple click goes to previous track or like the beginning of the track depending on like where you are in the track um, but there's also uh, double click and hold to seek forward, which I had forgotten about. And then there's hmm. triple click and hold to seek backward in a track, which I had forgotten about. But it's quite useful. And like, so with uh, AirPods, even if you assign a task, you can't replicate the changing volume with hardware unless you do it from your phone or your watch. Um, but you're not going to be able to do it without voice from the AirPods, even with new AirPods. Um, they've never done like a tap, triple tap to do something. Um, and then you can't, you also can't seek without voice control or like another device. So with PowerBeats Pro, you get that added, um, because it's got a button button, you can do volume from the button and you can seek forward and backward, which you couldn't do otherwise. Um, I, I am curious, like it, it, it's taken some, you know, using it regularly to get a like muscle memory for what does the, what do the buttons do? And I'm still kind of like using the right one the most, just I guess out of muscle memory. Um, but it is a little funny to me to think like use the left button to go forward or the right button to go back. Like I still think about left and right as like forward and backward. And so I do wonder like if there'd be an opportunity to assign task to triple, double, you know, versus like triple and hold or double and hold. So I'm not, I'm not sure if, 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 if it, it would probably be too complicated to get to like customize that. Um, but yeah, you but, need a lot of UI. To <laughs> yeah, <sort> that. <laughs> just, just just for coming from uh, AirPods, though, it's like you know retraining what my hands do. <laughs> so yeah, um, it sounds like what the old inline uh, remote would do on like the Apple Buds back in yeah. the day. We've all read some surprising online reviews, right? Whether you're trying to get a sweet deal on something you've been saving for or trying to find the best happy hour in town, it's generally a good idea to read the reviews first. So why should finding the right software for your business be any different? Read thousands of real software reviews and find the right software for your needs and business at captera.com slash happy hour. Not familiar with Captera? Let's change that. Captera is the leading free online resource to help you find the best software solution for your business. With over 850,000 reviews of products from real software users, discover everything you need to make an informed decision. 
searched more than 700 specific categories of software, everything from project management to email marketing to yoga studio management software. No matter what kind of software your business needs, Captera makes it easy to discover the right solution and fast. Not sure where to start with Captera? Simply go to captera.com slash happy hour and type in a category like podcast or banking to see how Captera works. Results are easy to read with clear summaries of each recommendation, and it's totally free to explore. Join the millions of people who use Captera each month to find the right tools for their business. Visit captera.com slash happy hour for free today to find the right tools to make an informed software decision for your business. captera.com slash happy hour. Captera, that's C-A-P-T-E-R-R-A dot com slash happy hour. Captera, software selection simplified. How does the button feel to press compared to like double tapping an, an AirPod? Yeah, so I mean, double tapping an AirPod is not great because it's in your ear and it's like, banging on the side of your head <laughs> basically yeah um it's the same thing with clicking a, like the volume feels fine anyway like you just like pinch and like squeeze either the front or back of the rocker um but the the b button is there, there's a trick to it because if you just click it like just mash into it then you've got the earbud in so you're like you're just pushing that further and it's not comfortable but if you pinch the body of the the earbud it's like almost like you're I don't know, using chopstick or something. And then you like use another finger to like click. So it's like three fingers involved, but it's not that bad. It's like thumb, middle finger holds it. And then index, pointed finger like clicks the button. It's really natural. And that's very comfortable and very controlled. And so I've, the way I've tested this is, is, um, both in like sitting at my desk and working for several hours, um, going to the gym and like using the treadmill and elliptical. Um, and then also an outdoor run in a race environment. So it's it not just been like sitting at, you know, at home. It's, it's been like active use. Um, and I've found that if I'm at my desk, then I'm more likely just to use like whatever device I'm using, like the Mac or the iPhone or the iPad or something. Um, but if I'm running or even like using the elliptical machine, then I don't want to even like fiddle with the watch or voice control in the gym, <laughs> or voice control on like a low cell service area. And, and oh yeah, that's the worst. Yeah, even if you've got pretty good service on on the watch with LTE, there's still like built-in delay of like saying "Hey" and then Siri, and having it register that. And if you even just like say "Hey" and then turn up the volume, there's still latency and like having it picked up having a process and then having the action taken so yeah and you and you can't see you know obviously there's no there's no screen so you can't right. see like the loading progress or anything like you just have to hope that it heard you and it's doing something and it's yeah like... and, and i mentioned when, when we, we reviewed airpods 2 on the podcast that i had some you know misfires where i was trying to to run and then turn up the volume with siri and voice control over lte and the watch and it would be like um siri canada and it's like no i'm not asking about canada i just said volume up <laughs> it's like you know so so and it's challenging like if you're out of breath or you know you're exerting yourself it is tricky to you know uh, dictate clearly um and buttons are just like fail safe you know so and that's where i go back to like these are the ultimate sport headphones because in these scenarios having buttons might not be as elegant but it's so reliable <laughs> like they're not going to fail you um and, and and i don't like if people are like what they want like the you know go to headphones go to earphones that are portable i would say airpods first unless you have a few scenarios like they don't fit you they're not going to stay in your ears 
then you know there have been people in that category since AirPods launched you know, so a few years ago. Um, then then the ear, the clip style is is for you. Um, but if you are in the gym all the time with your AirPods, or you you know run, um, or like when I would mow my lawn before, I would use PowerBeats three because. I could have the volume loud enough to go over the engine of the lawnmower, you know? So that's an environment like where I want music. I don't need to know if I can hear someone next to me and, and, you know, AirPods would struggle there. Um, or a scenario like if I'm just walking and I want to listen to a podcast from my Apple watch to earphones, uh, if there's like, there's a, there's a bridge near me that I often run, uh, and the sidewalk on the bridge is separated from the traffic of the bridge. So there's no risk of like a car hitting you. You don't have to worry about that. Um, but there is like traffic noise. <laughs> so you've got to compete with that. Uh, podcasts are just not as loud as music, you know, from any speaker, um, spoken word. So uh, you've, you've got to compensate for like traffic noise. So in this case, like having the, the noise isolation and the inner tips, like it, it's just better for that too. Um but by default, I'd say, you know, look at AirPods. But if you've got some of these other situations that you, you know, are concerns for you, then PowerBase Pro are worth considering, even at their price. And if sound quality is, like, of importance to you from your earphones, you know, like, if these are, like, the only earphones you have and you want, like, the best sound quality, they're just, like, leagues above AirPods, you know, just just from their design uh, alone. Like, it just sounds better. You get more, um you know, of, of what's being recorded, like reproduced into your ears. Uh, I've been really impressed by that much. Um, and even, even something like one thing I thought I wouldn't do because AirPods are way easier to, to take in and out. They just like sit in your ears, which is like clip around your ears and like mm-hmm. go in. Um, I thought, I know, like, I don't recommend anyone, anyone buy both because <laughs> like 250 <laughs> is a lot of money for Powerbeats Pro. And then AirPods aren't cheap yet. Like they're still over a hundred dollars, even old ones. Um, so buying both would be kind of a lot of money, I think, for people just in general. Um, so then, like, do you want AirPods for, like, just walking around and, like, PowerBeats Pro for, for these other situations? And um, so that thought maybe, maybe, I would, maybe I would do that because I bought the PowerBeats – or I, I bought the AirPods, and then I've got the PowerBeats Pro uh, review units. So, like, what if both were free, would I do that? And still, I think that just using PowerBeats Pro for me, like, walking to the grocery store was totally fine because um, I'm not taking them in and out a lot. Um I, like put them in when I get out of the car, walk into the grocery store. And I actually enjoyed that. It was much quieter in the grocery store because of the noise isolation, just like from, from like ear, you know, buds being in your ears instead of on your ears, that it was a little bit more peaceful and like less, less anxious walking around a busy grocery store. Um, and, and then when I went to check out, I always take out my AirPods or now PowerBeats Pro because I don't want to be rude at the checkout place. Um, and so take them out, put them in my pocket. And it was, you know, they work just like AirPods where they auto pause. So I found that that to be like AirPods would be better because if someone's like behind you and be like, Hey buddy, you know, you can hear them even if they're not like tapping your shoulder. Um, but as long as you're not worried about like bumping into somebody, then uh, I found even casual used to be, you know, pr- pretty okay. Yeah. I, I tend to quite like the, uh, you know, hearing the world around me kind mm-hmm. of side of things. Mm-hmm. Just in the like the use cases that I have, like walking to the shops and stuff. Like yeah. I'm on I'm on the pavement, I'm not on the road, but it still kind of freaks me out if I'm wearing like full closing headphones that, you know, make the cars don't sound like anything. So yeah. almost almost in that way the you know the the deficiency of, of AirPods and that they don't have great noise isolation is is better. Yeah. 
but that, you know it's very much personal preference and it depends on what you're doing like the especially if you, again again the, for the gym situation gyms can be very very loud mm-hmm. and like if you want to you know not only is it just about the you know the, the longevity and the war resistance and stuff but if you actually want to you know isolate yourself from the world then the power is probably going to do you know run circles around the airpods yeah another thing is um the the phone quality like so other versions of Powerbeats before have not been rated for phone calls, and they highlight that Powerbeats Pro are now because they, they they borrow everything from AirPods. So they've got two microphones, and they can they can pick up the motion that you're speaking, and then use whichever microphone I guess, and um and then use one for like listening to you, and like use one for canceling like people around you. Um, and it's just as smart as AirPods about that. Um, and then the old Powerbeats headphones, they had the cord, and the microphone like wasn't near your mouth; it was kind of on your neck behind you. Um, where the buttons were. And, and so, and then there was only one button on the actual Powerbeats earbuds. It was the power button. Um, so with these, they worked just like AirPods. And we did a test call. Um, and what was your take on like the call quality between AirPods and then Powerbeats Pro? Yeah. So you called me on the, f- on the phone and you had AirPods, Powerbeats, the old ones, Powerbeats, the new ones, the pros. And the Bose sound sports that you've been using before, right? Yeah, yeah. The the old Powerbeats were surprisingly okay because that was weird because the the microphone is on the cord, isn't it? So it's almost mm-hmm. like fur, the furthest away from you, know, you actually speaking. It's on your neck. That's behind. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like the opposite side of your body almost. They were okay. The the I'd say the AirPods were slightly better than the Powerbeats, the old ones. The Powerbeats Pro were definitely better than the new AirPods were. Just in kind of, it felt like you're, as if you were, if if you were in like a home situation, it felt like you were just closer to the microphone. Like with the AirPods in, it felt like you'd, you know, done, you'd done like this and you were like talking away from the mic a bit. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Powerbeats Pro, it, it, you know, it felt more, you know, direct and closer. And the, the background noise isolation, I'd say, was basically the same between the AirPods and the, and the Powerbeats Pro. Mm-hmm. The old Powerbeats were terrible at the noise isolation and they were like crackly <laughs> yeah. and the sound sports were definitely the worst. So <laughs> yeah. that was like the ranking. Like the Powerbeats were definitely better than the AirPods were, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like a million miles apart, I'd say, between those three. Yeah, and, and for the difference of 160 versus 250, you would expect there to be some improvements and, and, and with, without, you know, obsessing over miniaturization also, then there should be some improvements. So I think it's like it was on par with what you'd expect for price and size. Um, the thing is, with listening to you, so I, I did I did something else. Was I called my Mac from my iPhone using FaceTime audio, and then I used Piezo that we record the podcast with locally on our own ends to record locally the FaceTime call. And I went on my porch outside, and there was like, you know, plenty of daytime noise. And so I tried on the phone call all four earphones, so AirPods Two, Powerbeats Pro, Powerbeats Three, and then the Bose Free Sound Sport. Um, and then I went back and like edited down just the t- parts where I was talking, and that's going to be in the review where you can play that and, and hear it back. Um, and and that was informative because like hearing what you tell me was, was one thing, and like hearing it myself was like being on in your you know shoes. Um, but but from my perspective uh, with AirPods, because it was noisy around me and the noise wasn't like isolated, <laughs> I was talking louder to compensate for that. And right. then with, with Powerbeats Pro. Um, I couldn't hear as much noise because it was like wearing earplugs. And so I, I, I noticed when in the audio recording that I had that I lowered my voice to more like we're in person than like I'm on the phone yelling. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that came across too of like, oh, because it's quieter for me as the speaker, I'm not, 
you know, speaking as loudly and clearly, I guess. And, and so even though it might sound better, like if it's actually like noisy, then, then maybe as the speaker, you don't pick up on what the other person can hear. Uh, so it was a little bit different. And then the other thing is the, um, with, with the, uh, the Bose headphones, I didn't realize this, but one of the things that beats touts in using Apple's H1 chip, even if you use Android and don't get like the fast pairing and the iCloud sync between all your devices stuff is that, you know, I knew that the Bose headphones, the Bose Soundsport free headphones were terrible at wireless reliability. Or like if I go for a run, I even, I did a race in Mobile, Alabama over Saturday on Saturday where it was only 30 minutes and every single track that I played from my Apple watch, the left earbud would lose sound at the beginning of the track. Like it had to catch up with what the right one was doing and then it was fine, but it was distracting for every song. And if I never had AirPods or power beats, like I would think that the watch was just bad at streaming music over LTE, but it's that the um, headphones, like the right one is dominant and the left one has to catch up and it takes time. Um, with power beats, just like AirPods, you don't have the problem. They're super solid in terms of reliability of wireless performance. Um, but that's for music. For a phone call, I didn't realize this, but you know, AirPods, you get stereo sound for phone calls. Same thing for PowerBeats Pro. You, you get stereo, you know, vo- uh, voice in your head, like from the phone call. They the, the the earphone like picks left or right to be the microphone automatically, or you can assign in the settings like left or right if you want to pick one for some reason. Um, but uh, the Bose ones, it picks the right one for the mic and the speaker. And so if you're wearing the Bose Soundsport free headphones uh, on a phone call, you, it's like you're only wearing the right one. <laughs> and there's nothing on the left <laughs> one, which is just really weird. And um, You know what that reminds me of? The HomePod, the HomePod only speaking out of one of them. Yeah, yeah totally. Uh, and I, I also didn't realize this, but um, because I just I haven't dabbled in like what I view to be like inferior wireless headphones to, compared to AirPods before. Um, but apparently it's quite common for it to be possible to only only be able to use one like if you just want to use one earphone for lots of like dominant or like prominent um wireless earphones that you've got to pick left or right and it, and it depends on what brand to which one you can use but like how you can go out with just your left earpod and not lose functionality or your right earpod and not lose functionality with some earphones you've got to know that the left one won't work unless you've got the right one and i bet my bows are like that i bet i couldn't just use the left one without the right one since it appears to be dominant and that I'd need to have the right one to do anything. I don't, you know. Yeah, a lot of the like cheaper or you know inferior ones don't put the processing chips in both ears, so mm-hmm. you basically just have the brain in you know either the left or the right, and then the they just beam the audio to the other one to make up for it. And so yeah. Apple like uh, repeats that a lot in their marketing for you know the H1 headphones that mm-hmm. you know both ears have exactly the same technology and they're completely interchangeable because yeah. a lot of the competition don't do that. Yeah, um, a few things uh, also that come to mind. Um, if if you're, you know, we talked about like like um, the, the the good effects of being able to hear the noise around you. On some occasions, um, and I, I think like Powerbeats Pro would be terrible for like outdoor cycling because a cycling you create wind just from like your movement, and so the the form factor of these is that you've got like plastic on either like you know it's sticking out kind of um, versus like AirPods being quite flush um and so you create wind noise from that from having the kind of like earplug style headphone in um it, it just kind of amplifies so if you've got no audio at all and you just walk around with wind you're going to hear the, the wind noise 
from just like net, without playing any sound. You you can play sound t- to cover that up quite easily, like the fifty percent plus range. You don't hear the wind anymore; it's just the sound. Um, but it would be terrible for like cycling, I think, because in that situation you're on the road and you need open ears anyway. But if you're going to use AirPods, that would be way better than using something that 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 cuts out the sound around you. Um, the best thing in those environments, like like I've I've not tried them, but like aftershocks or the the bone conducting headphones mm. where they don't go in your ears but they go like near your ears and then I, I, apparently like it's like not the greatest sound quality which you can imagine um but they don't cover your ears and so you hear everything around you at even at 100 percent volume but the person next to you might also hear much of what you hear like it's got like the most amount of um spillover um there's, there's a version of those coming out that, that are that are rated for like swimming and powerbeats pro are i think ip what is it x4 yeah. So it, it's like the iPhone, but not like the Apple Watch, where you can have like it's it's supposed to be protected against like splashes and like you know some rain, but not um, swimming. Um, yeah, it's like sweat resistance is what they're going for, really. Yeah, and, and previous versions have been sweat resistant, water resistant, but not with that same rating. Uh, I think taking away the port. So the old ones had a micro USB port on the unit, and these have just the two magnetic connectors that charge from the case. So I think it probably helps out a lot. Um, and I've not had problems with AirPods either, but th- these are a higher waterproof rating than AirPods, but not like the swimproof stuff. So I, I am curious about like what aftershocks is like to use, especially the the ones that are coming out later this year that are like pool proof, <laughs> like you can swim with them. Um, Cause that's, that's quite compelling to have earphones that you can hear everything around you. If you don't want to cover up that, and you can swim in the pool of the ocean with them, like you, just like you can with the Apple Watch. You know, Apple nor Beats makes those yet. So um, the other thing you ask about, which was a good question, is is, is uh, does PowerBeats Pro work with the live listen, the listen live feature, the accessibility feature where you can put your um, iPhone. So you put your iPhone in a room, and it uses that microphone. The idea is that it's next to you, and you put in your AirPods, and you hear from the iPhone microphone. Yes. What what you in in your ears? So if someone's speaking and you need help hearing them, you can put your iPhone closer to that person, even if they're across from you, and then and then hear what they're saying with clarity, um, which is a great. Yeah, like if you're in a lecture, you could put your phone at the front of the room and then listen through your earbuds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and and there was you know the obvious concern of spying, but but uh, you know you can spy in much better ways than that. That involves recording. <laughs> you can put a phone in, in a room and just let it record without you being there. Um, but the, the, the listen life feature, it works the same way with PowerBeats Pro, which is quite nice. So I guess you don't get that with all earphones, but it does work with, with PowerBeats Pro just like it works with, um, with AirPods where you've got to go to control center. Well, first you go to settings and then it's like general control center. And then you can assign the, um, the, the listening accessibility ear to that, that as a tile, and then you can access it there. Um, so all in all, I, I've been really impressed with it. I can't wait to, to finish my review, <laughs> uh, and, and kind of have it behind me because I've, I've, I've really been enjoying these and I highly recommend them. If you fall into the camp of, you know, you, you use these for exercise, you can't fit AirPods or you just want like way better sounding AirPods, but with the same amount of, of intelligence, you know, with, with the reliability and wireless and the fast pairing, um, it, it's, I mean, it's really nice to, to pair to the phone by putting it near the phone and saying connect and then having it automatically appear on the watch, uh, and the Mac and the iPad over iCloud. Um, and the last thing I'll mention, let's see if any other questions is, um, you asked me, does, <laughs> do Pirates have the same problem that I've had with the Apple watch where 
they they won't connect the right way if I don't have the phone near me? And the answer at first was yes. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and I was a little concerned, but I was like, okay, I'm in it so far now that it's like two pieces of hardware with this problem. I'm going to go nuclear and reset the watch. And I did that, which takes a long time. Um, but it was at the, at the end of the day. So I did, I did an Apple Watch reset and set it up from scratch, you know, like I like it. And uh haven't had any issues with, with the AirPods or the PowerBeats Pro. So I, I guess it was a watch problem that was happening without using a beta. Um, but I mean, I, I don't get mad <laughs> quite easily. But when I was in a situation where I was out of town for a run, wanting to use AirPods and had like no other earphones with me and, and the new AirPods weren't working, like I was I was quite mad in that moment. I was like, I, <laughs> what I had worked and what I upgraded to doesn't work and I paid money for these and I was irritated. So resetting the watch fixed it for, for both AirPods and the, um, the, the PowerBeats Pro. So that was, that was good news. Uh, so check out the full review on Linify Mac if you haven't already. Um, I'm, I'm pretty happy with how it's going so far. So I don't, I don't think I'll mess it up between now and publishing it. So check it out. Nice. Let's talk about Text Expander, one of my favorite must-have apps for working efficiently. And that's been true long before they became a podcast sponsor. You can easily make short text snippets for common things you type all the time, like email addresses, website URLs, and even today's date in various formats. Or you can create text snippets for longer entries like directions, reference requests, proposals, or answers to common questions, all in a few keystrokes. The brand new Text Expander 6.5 for macOS and 2.0 for Windows now sports a new visual editor for snippets. The new editor makes it easy to see and edit snippet fill-ins, dates and date math, nested snippets, and much more. So you can insert words, phrases, forms, templates, and more with just a few key clicks everywhere you type. Take control of your time and productivity by letting Text Expander handle everything you type repetitively. Love telling everyone about Text Expander? You can join Smile's affiliate program to earn a cut from your recommendations. And Happy Hour listeners get 20% off their first year. I personally have been a Text Expander user for years. I can't imagine using my Mac without Text Expander. It's slow and broken without it. There's no typing and waiting to see if your shortcut worked. Just type your snippet and instantly watch your short text expand into the right text. Text Expander saves me a ton of time from having to type the current date or copying and pasting the same HTML template every day. So visit textexpander.com slash podcast for 20% off your first year and learn more about how Text Expander can help you too. And select 9to5Mac Happy Hour in the Where Did You Hear About Text Expander section to let Smile know you came from this show and support the podcast. Again, that's textexpander.com slash podcast and select 9to5Mac Happy Hour to save 20% off your first year and even more time save typing. Our thanks to Text Expander for sponsoring 9to5Mac Happy Hour. Hi, Mayo. Uh, let's talk about this, this giant scoop from Mark Gurman. So 9to5Mac Rambo had some excellent reporting on what to expect in iOS 13 and watchOS 6 and other platforms. Um, and... Surprisingly, there there were also like many more details to be to be learned before the keynote. Like maybe this time we've actually exhausted what we can learn from WWDC, um, and we'll probably break this up into, into two parts over two weeks. But Mark Gurman and Bloomberg had some really great iOS 13 
and watchOS 6 details. Let's start this week with watchOS 6. So what's going on with Apple Watch uh, that we expect now? Yeah, this is this is a great report by Mark. He really like went down the list here. So according to this report, the Apple Watch is going to get an on-device app store. So right now you have the iPhone app, the Watch Companion app on the iPhone, where you can one of those tabs is an app store which only shows watch apps. But I think most people just get watch apps uh, like implicitly because they download an iPhone app and then the watch app installs by itself because it's bonded with it through the normal app store. I don't think traffic to the watch iPhone app app store is very high. Like if you go there, you get some stuff that you don't get in the main app store app. Like they have you know recommendations and feature sections and some editorial that mm-hmm. the iPhone and iPad app store doesn't show. In the iPhone and iPad app store, it's just focused on the iPhone and the iPad. And maybe if you go into a detail view, you can see some screenshots of the watch version, but it's not centered around the watch. Yeah, the watch the iPhone app has, you know, that curation to it and top charts and stuff. But it, uh, it's like opening the settings app, but a settings app that you never need. And then, yeah. And then you get there to go to the watch app. Like it used to be yeah. in the home screen when you, you know, there was like the watch 8.8, iOS 8.4 update or something, like whatever it was. The first. Yeah, but everyone puts it in folder and then gets forgets about it. Right. Until right. Unless they need to customize a watch setting, in which case they don't go to the app store tab anyway. They go to the first tab and <laughs> right. do what they need to and get out. Yeah. So I don't think it's, I don't think it's a big stretch to say that nobody visits the watch app store. So what it seems like they're going to try and do is improve discoverability of watch apps by putting an actual app store icon on the honeycomb grid. So, you can tap on that and then download apps directly from the watch without having to involve the phone at all. And because it's on like the watch home screen, it's a lot more natural for people to find and actually, you know, look around in. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see like how do they pack an app store under, under the you know thirty eight millimeter to forty four millimeter screen. Um, it's quite small <laughs> for that. Yeah, but the, the, uh, the, uh, Mark doesn't say like exactly what it's going to look like, but mm. I would guess that they're. It's still going to be like a cut down version of the actual app store. Yeah, like definitely, you're you're probably not going to be able to search for apps, for instance, or yeah. one, one or thing see that, like the full chart. Yeah, one thing I wondered that you might be able to do is right now you can delete or hide iPhone apps like stocks from your iPhone, and then it mm. will go away too from the watch if you do that. Um, but like, what if you like stocks on your iPhone but not on your watch? I don't think you can just delete it from the watch right now. Um, and maybe maybe with this way you, you could. Like maybe if they feel like they've got an app store on the watch that you could remove things from the watch and then put it back from the watch. Like if you never use the world clock like me, but you use timer, you know, and, and you can like slim down the neighborhood of apps because they keep adding more and more apps, including in this update that we expect. Yeah, because right now you can make the apps jiggle, but you can only delete the third-party apps from the watch itself. All the all the stock apps you can't you can't remove. Right. I would expect that what it probably will end up looking like is kind of like the the news app. So if you actually go into the news app on the watch, it displays a carousel of like eight stories, and it's not even the full story. It's just like a short, you know, description blurb, and you can read for later on the phone. The watch app store probably be like that because you know nothing else really makes sense for a one and a half inch screen to navigate around on too much. It'll be like you know features featured apps, maybe the top chart. Swipe, swipe, swipe. Oh, that looks cool. Download. You're done. Right? You know, I don't they think they used gonna... to have the the carousel featured. It was like left to right swiping for the like iTunes and App Store on on uh, you know iOS and, and the Mac yeah. and like an iTunes. And that card interface, like if you just turn that instead of left to right, like up and down, that card interface could almost be like what you get in the home app, kind of. But then also like mm-hmm. the podcast app and the music app, like that that flipping the card interface would be like pretty, you know, easy to replicate. 
for an app store for for like just editorial promotion stuff. Yeah, and the the Bloomberg report kind of spins it as making the watch more independent from the phone. I tend to see it more from the discoverability angle and like, oh, download some new apps and stuff and stimulate yeah. the watch store because like, there are so many steps that you need to make the watch actually independent from the phone. And a huge one is just like configuration and settings, like typing in your Apple ID password. Like, You're still going to use a phone to do well, that. And, like, and last year we got further from that than closer like because ECG, <laughs> you, you take it on the watch and then you get a result there. But like to see the full result, you go to the iPhone and like yeah. save the iPhone. And I think that's, I think that's in, in a way the design's good because it, it lets like the watch be simpler and you know more concentrated on the stuff you actually care about and not having so many random screens of all these configuration settings and panels and stuff and they, and you know you can't hold your hand up for more than a few seconds before your arm starts to get tired. So there's lim- there's just like physiological limits on you know what is possible. Not oh they're for, you know they're forcing a connection to the phone for no good reason. Mm-hmm. You you mentioned that they're going to expand the app catalog and themselves with their own first party contributions. And Mark has like five apps that are apparently coming to the watch this year from Apple. So there's the uh, in addition to the App Store app, you've got the Voice Memos app, natural. You got yeah. yeah, you've got Books app, and then you've got an app, a new, a brand new app called Dose, and a brand new app called Cycles. Yeah. So, so, so Voice Voice Memos, like so, uh, they did that. It's been iPhone only for a while. They did it last year for iPad just so they could do it on the Mac because, like, experimental Marzipan app. Um, and, and then there's been this, uh, like, some other voice memo type apps, but not from Apple. And, and so now it'll be built in. Yeah, because they – and they oh, speaking of the Watch App Store, one of the apps they feature a lot is called Just Press Record. Mm-hmm. And it's just this really simple – a voice memo app essentially you just press there's a big red button it's really good and it uses the apple technology that lets you like transcribe from the voice recording which is also really Mm -hmm. good uses icloud drive there's yeah and on the watch it can it can record in the background they do background audio recording so you can just leave it on and just be on the watch face and it can carry on recording yeah so it's really good um but it's it's a purchased app that you've got to buy you've got to buy it for the ipad separately and i think you've got to buy it for the mac separately so if if apple's got voice memos for free maybe they don't do the transcription stuff even though it's their technology uh you know then you've got it built in for free uh and then hopefully like because they're adding all these apps, like if you've already used just press record, then you won't want voice memos too. So then maybe you can remove it if you want to. That would be nice. Uh, in terms of the books app, you're not reading novels on your watch. It's specifically for audiobook listening, which been on, is been on my wish list. on your list, ages. right? Yeah, ages. yeah, yeah. Like watch yeah, I, I still think the model for like buying audiobooks is ridiculous on the Apple side at the moment. They're just so expensive, but you know, this is one step in the right direction. Yeah, and it's it's the probably I would guess like what Audible does, where you have to download it and send it over to the phone versus streaming it. Because right now you can't stream audiobooks anywhere; it's always download first and then play it back. Um, I don't know why. Like I feel like if it's coming from the server, it's coming from the server. Um, or maybe they have audiobook streaming on iOS for the first time, <laughs> and they do it on the Mac with the new Books app too. Uh, that would be awesome. That's like been my dream, and I've mentioned on this on this show a few times. Um, just you know, just like you do a podcast, you buy a book where you pay extra money for it. You want to go for a walk and listen to your book, like that can be motivational. Um, having it on the watch is great. If you've got to send it over, you know, it's not that big of a deal because like books can be like several hours long, so it's like one transfer for every. You know, 20 hours of book, you know, is one example. 
Um, and as long as your place is syncing between devices, I think that that's okay. Uh, but it's gotta be good sync. So, so I'd be, I'd be okay if like the 1.0 version of the books up in the watch is not streaming and it's just send it over, you know, manually. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they do streaming, then like look, look to my reaction after WWDC. I'll be very excited. Yeah. There's definitely like licensing complications there. It's the same reason why the home port can't stream audio books as well. It's mm-hmm. just a mess that yeah, maybe they'll get the to yeah. <laughs> like we've seen that the head of they've they've been revamping the books department a lot at apple like they have the new head of it used to work used to be the vp at audible from amazon yeah. that they hired like mm-hmm. 2017 and they've obviously done a really good job on the iphone and ipad uh, books app in ios 12 so yeah. maybe they'll their focus will turn to audio books soon mm-hmm. also the, the these new apps are are, well, you are calculator. that's important one. oh yeah cal- oh yeah calculator yeah 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 <laughs> So the the iPhone has a calculator, the Mac has a calculator, the iPad does not get a calculator, yeah. but the watch is getting a calculator. Which calculator watch? Like it could it could almost be a watch face if it if it, you know they wanted to that'd be, be cute, cheeky, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I still see, you know, when I, when I <laughs> I see a lot of stuff when I go to these runs, but like I see I see like older people sometimes with like calculator watches like from their from the day or like young people doing it like to be cheeky I guess I don't know, but yeah, I mean you can so there's been. Two main calculator apps that I know about, besides like ones that might just be for the watch, you know, it was like because someone wants to make an app, but like um, PCalc has has been on the watch, uh, and they've they've got what's probably the best watch app right now. Um, but then also CalcBot from the makers of Tweetbot, TapBots, um, they they had an app out there early on, like maybe from day one, and then it went away because it was like one of the watchOS one apps, and then they eventually updated it for like the new watch. Like for <laughs> for modern watch SDK and like the new watch screen sizes and everything. So either one of those is a good go to, but they're both paid apps. So there's no free calculator that's really good for the watch that I know about. So this this will be built in, and then maybe you can do more like syncing figures and you know maybe tipping is easier with the other apps. But um, having a, a built in calculator is is pretty you know <laughs> it's normal for the watch to have that. It needs to be there. So it makes yeah, sense. it's like table stakes. Yeah, I there was, you, there was, you, and obviously you you can always do calculations through series, of course. Yeah, that's true. I remember there was one early watch app, like when the watch was brand new. I think it was called Cow Tipper, or something like that, uh, <laughs> which is like a play on like the the act of of what people will do uh, with cows, which is it, it's not nice, it's not good, but but there is there is an activity of uh, vandalism where you tip a cow over and it can't get back up. It's really sad. Um, but so I guess it's like a play on that. But anyway. Cow icon, which is not a good calculator app anyway, but you, you go in there and you say like, there's two people and this is the meal or there's three people and, and this is the percentage. And then it gives you like what to tip. I don't know if it's been maintained <laughs> since like the watch launch. Um, and, and the features like been, been put into PCalc and, uh, CalcBot. Um, but like that would be nice to have in the calculator app too. You know, we'll see. Yeah. The, these, uh, other two apps that are new, uh, it seems that they're currently like in testing internally and, German doesn't actually know the final names of what these seems to be called because they're written in quotes. So you've got Dose, which is about like pill reminders and medication tracking. And then you've got Cycles, which will uh, track menstrual cycles in women. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is like the medical angle, right? And they love to have, you know, the, the medical section of, of the yeah. software for the watch. Yeah, the 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 pill tracker thing. So Dose, that sounds like something you could probably already already get from the App Store, maybe? Um, yeah, 
and and could maybe integrate with with healthcare. I'm not sure if there's, there's a section for that, but um, for the the cycles app. So Apple was really slow. I mean, they launched a health app without like like female health features for a, a long time. It took them a while and pressure like editorial to to you know catch up with that. Um, which which is maybe just that like you know uh, men are on the team more so than women. I don't know, but but for some reason, what you think would would be there from day one was not there from day one, and and they've they've caught up some um with with the basics but i think people is very is very like naive implementation yeah yeah it's like it's it's like it's like a direct access to a database and nothing much else yeah it's not super informative i don't think and and so you you still get better um you know results if you if you just look to a third-party app and then had nothing to do with the health app um and, and so this sounds like something that that that's also, a new feature with iOS 13 that the health app and HealthKit gets smarter about men- mental cycles, uh, cycle tracking, which is very important. Like, you know, if, if, you know, for a number of reasons that I'm not aware of, but also the things that I've been exposed to, which is like, if you're trying to have a baby, this is something that you pay attention to to increase your odds. And if you're having trouble having a baby, it, it can be like the difference in success or not being successful. Um, and in that case, like, it's not just a female health issue, which is very important, but it's also like, then, then the, the male partner is just as invested in this than as, as the female so um yeah and, and yeah. the health app today does none of that it just it, tell, it just lets you see your log of what you've tracked before yeah yeah so eh, this is and to put it on the watch makes it you know it, it's on you maybe there's some notification element to it um but it just make it makes sense for the watch so i'm happy that these are there um the, both dose and cycles though like it feels like the kind of app that would be installed by default but if you don't take medicine even vitamins, then maybe you want to hide that. So maybe you, maybe this is like part of also, you know, it's pre-installed and then you can remove it if you don't need to see it, you know, and then you can add it back from the app store on the watch if you want to. So. Yeah. Or you like, it, it's kind of like ECG where you go in the health app on the phone and you go to the medication section and then it pops up on the watch or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And, so and like there's, a, opt into it. there's a detail on the iOS 13 part of the report that's, that kind of is related, which is about, um, We'll discuss it more next week, but it's from Mark's report that there may be a new daily health report. Like the health app gives you a summary of, you know, maybe how active you were yesterday, how much you slept, how much you ate, you know, what your diet and, and was like and everything. That all sounds really interesting to me. So, and, and this ties into that. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that stuff. Yeah, it's definitely like adding intelligence to the health app, not just making it like a dumb database of here's what you've put into it. Yeah, and it's gotten better over the years by like a lot as like visually <laughs> – what it can handle, like all of that. It, it started it, when when HealthKit first came out. Like within hours of the release, about to be out, something was wrong with HealthKit, where they had to not ship it in the iOS update and remove all the apps or apps that took advantage of it. There was yeah, it was like corrupting the database or something ridiculous. Yeah, know. so it it had a really rough start, but it's gotten so much better to where I have got it on the home screen and I regularly look at data captured from like my fitness pal or the apple watch and or like um auto sleep and so i've got data from what i'm eating how much you know how many calories i'm taking in how many i'm burning uh how much sleep i'm getting that kind of thing in the health app and if you do the breathe app or other mindful minutes apps you know you can see that in the health app as well it's got a lot of stuff in there uh that you can take from different sources. And so it, it's, it's gotten visually more appealing and then also just like information wise. And, but you've got to go and look at it. And this is, this sounds like it's going to be, it'll bring in a report to you every day if you want that. Yeah. They're, they're like, pro, they'll proactive it up. Yeah. I like it. 
Okay, moving on a bit. There's watch, uh, watch face complications. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So obviously everyone knows what a complication is. Apple offers, you know, a fair few. They they infamously didn't offer complications for the infograph faces of their own built-in apps at launch, but that came a couple of months later. For many of them, right? Yeah. For many of them, for like seven of them, yeah. There's still no podcast complication for infograph or or anything, is there? It's yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Missing. And and even the complications they do have aren't you know the smartest in the world. And we talked about this before. Like yeah. a lot of them are just like dumb launches. A lot of launches and not not changing ones, right? Yeah, not like contextual information. A lot of them, but uh, these ones, are, uh, some of them are just like supporting the apps that are also coming. Like you'll be able to have an audiobooks complication, which shows you your progress through the book. Uh, there's going to be one for uh, external measuring external noise. This again seems to be health app related and that they're going to add like a hearing health section so you can track that you're not listening to music at too loud a volume of too loud a volume to hurt your ears you can and obviously that'll apply on the iphone and, and the watch yeah I, I thought about this it's like um as airpods got quieter and quieter over you know two years of usage like i think people went to using 100 volume more and in that case like 100 volume decibel wise isn't what it used to be <laughs> Or is it that our hearing isn't what it used to be from like blasting you know audio in our ears? I don't know, but at least you'd be able to see that that data on a chart with this feature, because I think that happened for a lot of people where if you used to listen at sixty percent, you needed to go up to a hundred to get that same decibel volume later on. Um, it'll be neat to see like that same behavior, but captured you know from Apple, <laughs> almost like battery data over time. But but yeah, ears. and the EU will really like this because they already have this like volume limit law where devices can only go to a max volume and they have to like, warn you with a big uh, with a big warning uh, like indicator that it's too high. So for all EU uh, like localized iPhones, on the volume HUD, if you go up beyond like 70%, it changes from white dots to like yellow dots and red dots. Like it really makes you know that this is really, really loud. Mm-hmm. And obviously this will presumably let you set like an actual volume limit and also show your like you know, hearing volume over time, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, there'll also be uh, new complications for, like, rain data and also, like, the battery life of hearing aids. Again, the hearing health section. Yep. Watch faces. Now, this, I love. I love new watch faces. I yeah. still want Apple to do third-party watch face support, but that doesn't look like it's on the cards anytime soon. Mm-hmm. There are technical problems to get over, like how would a developer make a good watch face when there isn't a good UI framework on the watch for third-party developers and stuff. So... Maybe that stuff will come in time, but it doesn't look like it's on the horizon. Instead, this year, we're again getting some new faces from made by Apple themselves. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be a gradient face, which will like show a gradient, apparently. Yeah, the, uh, they, they've done um, the Nike Series 4 watch face is an analog face with different gradient colors, kind of. Mm-hmm. And then they've got the... Hermes? Um, the, yeah, not the launch Hermes face, but as part of like watchOS... Uh, 5.2, I think. They've got new Hermes faces that are a gradient, and it's like cut in half of two tones, just like the the non gradient version, where it changes based on like what the hour is on, uh, so it rotates. Um, but but they've done gradients before with like um, uh, wallpapers where they're like navy to orange, or on the Mac a desktop where you've got like um, uh, one one is like does it's like a, the sign almost, but it's um you know it changes based on time of day, and that's a gradient. And so I wonder if this is like that where it changes based on time of day, where it's like certain color in the morning, certain color at night, versus like the Hermes style where it changes every minute of the hour. You know, 
Yeah, I really like the, how the Hermes ones look. Mm-hmm. It's annoying that they're limited to those <laughs> models only. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's going to be some updates to the extra large faces to show the big... That's that's like the accessibility phase. But also, as, you know, as a normal person, you can just use it if you just want something very simple. It just puts the digital time in really, really big, like filling the face. So apparently there's going to be a few more options for configuring that with different styles. I actually used that extra large face... I think on the first watch for a long time because mm. I couldn't find anything that I really liked until Watch Race 3 added like new models and stuff. So mm-hmm. I was a big extra large user for a long time. Yeah, I think our pal Michael Sieber was the same way. The yeah, because it's cool and like fashionable and you don't want to have any complications and stuff on it. Mm. Uh, I, there's going to add a can- California analog face that mixes Roman numerals and Arabic numerals. I didn't know what a California dial was, so I looked it up and... Now, now the, the the Arabic and Roman mixture makes sense, and you, you'll have seen a watch like this. It's it's a thing where the like ten, eleven, twelve, one, two on the watch face are instead written as the Roman numerals like X, XI, V, except uh, on on that split, and then the bottom ones are normal numbers. It's quite common for like you know fancy wow. posh watches. Yeah, I see. I, I I wasn't. I've read the report and and did the nine to five Mac Daily episode on this report and did not look up what a california face was i didn't know that was a known thing uh yeah i i didn't know, i didn't get the reference but i got what it looked like as soon as i knew it apparently it's called california because a, a jewelers in california made their name making watches like that a long time ago okay so yeah although amusingly it's made in california and it doesn't have the number nine because often they they like dash out the number three and number nine there's like the split yeah and so iPhone Six, 11 confirmed because they skipped the iPhone 9. There, it does have an X for iPhone 10, and then iPhone 11 is the next one up. So mm-hmm. it's a, it's truly made in California. You, you, they need to they need to fix the Explorer face. Like it's it's been uh, broken since 5.2, and I'm not sure if it's fixed in the, in the new watchOS beta. But like the Explorer face is like it's the one with the red hands, and it has it's the only face with the LTE complication. Like it's part of the watch face and not Control Center, and um, the numbers have been missing since WatchOS 5.2 came out. And to me, it's kind of crazy that we went, this happened at the end of March, all of April, and now the beginning of May, middle of May. And it's like the flagship face for the Apple Watch Series 3, which is just last year's watch and still sold. But like you only get that if you get a Series 3 or Series 4 with LTE. So it's like a special face. It's just like, like yeah. the Hermes. And it's broken. <laughs> there, there's four versions of it. And the two middle styles are identical almost because there's no numbers. And that's like what you change about the face. So it's, it's wild. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mark also says there's going to be a, quote, redesigned solar analog watch face that looks like a sundial. Mm. That's a cool idea, too. And, and that could play off of like what, what they do on the Hermes face again, like with, with mm. the minute hand. But yeah. for everyone almost, uh, and it, and it's so it's such a neat idea because solar digital, just called solar, I guess, has been like a face since day one, um, and and there's often a digital and analog version of a face like um, the activity face and the infograph face. So it makes sense to to take something that's digital only and then try and make that you know smarter with, or, or or dumb it down and make it look classic. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I have a question about the wording here. Mark explicitly says redesigned solar analog. So does that imply that they're replacing the current solar with an analog version? I don't know. That's weird. Hmm. I'd I hope it's not that because I actually like the solar phase as it is and I'm not a huge fan of analog faces. So I hope it either be like an option. So, you know, when you edit a face, you can choose a digital analog version or it would be like the activity faces where they actually have like activity digital and activity analog. Like mm-hmm. I think wholesale replacing 
the current solar face and now I want to be hmm, I don't think people like that as much because I feel like there's a lot of people who like the you know the solar face that's been there since since day yeah, one. You so. also got the so you've got the infograph complication, which I'm not sure what's how it's mentioned here, but um so on the infograph watch face there's a complication which is like the solar digital face, but it's a complication inside of you know a little circle slot. And so you could put that like in an analog in an analog watch face like as the whole ring in the center. And that might be what they're describing. He's describing here. I don't know. Yeah, sundial. Sundial immediately thought of like the light separating at the hour hand, like right. that kind of yeah. that kind of notion. Yeah, which which would be like when they first launched the watch, and there were all the Johnny Ive interviews. There was a lot of talk about how Apple designed the watch faces and looked at the history of watchmaking and you know horology. They kept rolling out that term, right? And so. You know, it goes back to sundial. <laughs> like, what time is it? Well, here's, um, you know, a spike in the sand, in the in the dirt. Where's the shadow? Oh, that's what time it is. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And so, then finally, there's going to be a new infograph subdial phase that okay. includes larger complication views, like a stock market chart or the weather. That's quoting huh. the report. That sounds to me like the infograph modular phase, the center complication, like the bigger one. It kind of sounds like a watch face that's just that. Uh, so you know, uh, activity analog, and the center of it is is either three rings plus the date, or it's just one big activity ring in the middle of an analog watch face. Yeah, it sounds like that with the analog, you know, where it's analog watch face, it's the big rings, but it's not the rings; it's whatever you want it to be. Uh, okay, so rather than like having four, it's smaller than three bigger ones. Uh, rather than having four, it's one big circle complication in the center. Plus whatever the corner ones are, so you'd have like five total. Wouldn't be as dense, but then you'd have like one big one at a glance. Got Cause, it. Because that's that's, a, that's what the activity analog is. Is it's the watch hands. I think maybe like a flat one on the bottom, and then two in the corner, like the old style watch faces. So this would probably have four circle ones in the corner, and then one big one in the center, which could just be like a mode of infograph where you like you know force press, change the, the style, and you go from like four circle complications to one big one that, that takes yeah. up the entire circle. And it could be like, if it's a circle complication, it could update to be the big one too. Like, so it, you probably could just have your four, like your activity rings as the one big circle plus the four corner complications, which are also circles or, or kind of corner radius complications. Interesting. Interesting. So that, that's why it's called subdial rather than something else. Okay. Yeah. Cause the, cause those are the, those are the subdial complications. And so this would just be like one big one. And it, and it could just be a mode of that, or it could be a whole new face. But that's kind of my read on that, though. You know, so anything that's a big circle. I mean, you could have like it. You know, have all the circle app launcher face like complications. Just yeah. one big app icon as a center of your face. It wouldn't be pretty, <laughs> but <laughs> that'd be pretty funny. Yeah. So that's what Mark has specifically for WatchOS. Is a pretty big update, even if that's literally everything about WatchOS. I'd say. Like, yeah, I mean, because last, last year, year yeah. we didn't really get any face new faces because we only they they saved it and did the infograph faces with the series four but there wasn't like any for the you know watch os five yeah you, you got the pride face on on wwdc day which wasn't part of watch os five it was part of watch os four and then you got enhancements to the series face and you didn't learn about the new faces other than the series face enhancements until the apple watch series four event and then you got infograph and infograph modular only on series four and then you got breathe and the elements um, 
for series four as full screen and then and also color got a full screen version and like 5.1 update but then you got the also the breathe and the elements so like the, the different materials and then you got fire and water um for as like circle faces they're not as pretty but they're on the older watches but we didn't get them at wwdc and and they're also mm-hmm. they're not like informational really they're just like pretty <laughs> yeah with the elements you know there's fire and water and then there's like all the the silver dark metal and gold those would be cool. It'd be cool to have like electricity as like the next kind of element face. Ooh, yeah, something sparkly, like maybe um, or, or like there's water, but maybe maybe it could be like something like like stormy. And, and there's also like the kind of smoky faces too. So there's, there's some stuff in that area, but like electricity would be a, a neat one. Maybe. Do you think they'd ever remove a face and just get rid of it? Uh, like like I'm thinking like time lapse. They introduced it and then have just let it sit around it and do nothing with it. I don't think I don't think so. Just because they're not all installed by default anymore, in that and that you can punch the, the Apple Watch app, and like you can you can add them back in from the watch, or you can add them back in from the watch app. But I'm not sure that you'd want to remove any unless you then had like a watch app store, you know, with or, or, or a watch face store where you yeah. get more than just the one Apple makes. Um, because they, I mean, they they've abandoned them, but they they did like refactor them for the new screen design at least. Sure, even if yeah. some of them were step, steps backwards. Yeah, I mean, because obviously, if redesign certain owner was true, that'd be kind of like ditching the original sailor and replacing it with something wholly new. So, yeah, that would be like the first one that would be completely different. Yeah, they they changed the astronomy face in a big way with WatchOS five, right? Like it used to be that you had to tap between Earth, Moon, and planets, and then they changed it to work more like every other watch face, where you force press and you change modes that way. Yeah, they you used to be able to like switch between each one with like the corner buttons whereas mm-hmm. now you have to like say i want this to be explicitly the moon or yeah. i want this to be the solar system which i don't use that face much anymore it's been a long time but when i did i would always accidentally change it to you know by, by pressing just like you accidentally launch an app from the complication you just change yeah. the face which is more annoying which is probably why they redesigned it ultimately yeah yeah so um and, and they've like this i haven't tracked it like in detail but they've added complication options to like um like the time lapse well not time lapse that, that's the that's the one where it's like a scene so they haven't like added new places to that yet but uh or <laughs> they did like once but they've added um in the solar watch face like the ability to put a complication there yeah um they, they've done things like that so it's kind of like not they, they've not i don't think they've wholly abandoned anything yet and, and they've also added new colors with like every band change so <laughs> even like the classic um uh, the uh, utility face like there's you know, way too many color options, <laughs> you know, that, that look very similar. So, um, but I, I think you've got time to discuss the HomePod uh, story here too, because it's not, not much to that, right? So, yeah. So one of the, 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 Mark has a quick shout out to the HomePod and he says they are finally adding multi-user support in the terms of its ability to detect different voices. Because mm-hmm. obviously right now the HomePod, if, as long as you say the trigger phrase, it will answer to anybody. And, German says that they're they are working on support for it to be able to differentiate between who's talking. Yeah, play my favorites mix is the same for for you know everyone in the house, even if you have Apple Music with family sharing and everyone's got their own account because it's whoever's primary you know set it up the set up the HomePod, um, and uh, you can do things like I think you can you can make it not share the music or have what the HomePod plays influence what gets recommended to you. Yeah, you can turn off you can turn off listening history, so it won't yeah. impact anything else. Yeah, but but you, but you can't say like 
I'm I'm not dad. Play my music. You know, yeah, the HomePod's uh, always logged into one iCloud account. Yeah, That's or the I'm not mom who set it up. Play dad's music. I can't yeah. so, and, yeah. and to be fair, this report does not say you will be able to log in with more than one account. <laughs> right, right. It just says you had a difference between voices, which could mean that like personal requests only respond to the owner and then everyone else can just that's, talk to it and true. not do anything but personal requests. Yeah, because personal requests has been, if it's sensitive, like sending a message, making a phone call, calendar information, reminders even, which is annoying that you – but but what what they do with that is the iPhone needs to be on property. The like Wi-Fi on loca- network, yeah. On, yeah, on location. So, um, and, and if iPhone isn't there, then you can't read your messages – the idea is there's privacy there. Like your roommate can't read what you, you know, from your home pod. Um, but then you also can't like in a shared family environment, like add to the grocery list <laughs> with home pod that way. Yeah. It's it, kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. So ideally you'd be able to like log in with multiple accounts and it know who's who. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's quite a big leap from the infrastructure we have today, which is one account only. And yeah, with, with echo, you can say, Hey, I'm, I'm Zach. And it'll, try and learn your voice that way like it's pretty natural um and then it can you know do things profile wise with that yeah it's uh, definitely a catch-up feature because you know both google home and alexa now offer you know multi-user support stuff properly where you can have multiple accounts and it will contextually answer your questions depending on each person yep. but the home pod you know i'd love to say i'm uh, i've got full confidence in apple's ability to deliver the full feature set i you know what it might just be it might be that it does, it still relies on personal requests, but it just you can pair with more than one phone at a time. Yeah, the, <laughs> so the like, <laughs> you and your partner could both be personal request devices, and it just re- use the one based on whose voice it is. Yeah, that's true. The other thing here is that we might not hear about this at WWDC because last year there were HomePod improvements, but there's no beta and there's no developer angle to it with opportunities wise. So all we heard about HomePod was what would work with Siri shortcuts. Yeah, um, not. Anything else new that came? Which like was that the update for phone calls? Yeah, that's, phone, yeah call? phone calls, multiple timers, find my iPhone. That was all announced at the September event. Yeah, it came it came out with that update, and so we didn't hear about it in the summer because you couldn't use it, even though it was planned. And so in this case, it's it's part of this cycle of updates, but we might not even hear about it because there's no HomePod beta, which I would love. I, I would use that. Uh, <laughs> and, and so I, I would I wouldn't be surprised if we just don't hear about this at, at WWDC. It's not that Mark's wrong. It's just that they might not announce it until the fall when it's actually out because there's no beta or developer angle to it. Um, yeah, and he does hedge in saying they're working on it versus it will have this. So well, it's even, in development. Even when they announce it at WWDC, they're working on it. <laughs> yeah, true. true. <laughs> so. Yeah, uh, and, and and I will say like there's a lot of stuff from Guy Rambo's reporting that's corroborated in this report, which we'll get to more of that next week because it's it's, it's largely in the in the iOS 13 and, and Mac OS 10.15 section. Um, but it was it was nice to see that that you know there there's new information and there's also a nod to what's we've we've reported so far as you know same yep yep hearing that too. So uh, which sounds I mean. Sounds like a big WWDC for a lot of reasons, um, but I'm always most excited for like the watch update and like putting putting the watch beta on. Which I w- I won't do like a watch five point two point one beta to try and fix the Explorer face, but I will totally <laughs> do like a major upgrade to the system with terrible battery life and like all the all the flaws, you know? Yeah, because it's so fun. Like good old battery life. That's that's the classic one. The yeah. watch always has bad battery life in the betas. Yeah, I remember the watch OS two beta, like sitting down at dinner and like. It had been installed for a few hours, and I was just like, and, and you know, kind of cooling off. And I was like, 
that was the update that made your watch feel faster. Like it wasn't fast yet even, but it was the same hardware, but just the software alone, like just the way it worked was just way faster. Like apps launched faster. Um, I think it had a sense of memory for apps at the time. Like if it was a complication or in your dock, then, or, then, then it was, it would launch faster. And that was mm-hmm. quite useful. Like it felt like, wow, <laughs> this, is, this is a better watch now. Um, so. Oh, and let me just mention the TVRS section of this report. Nothing. <laughs> Mark tweeted that uh, TVRS is getting the TV app update this year. And that's the main thing for the platform. I mean, yeah, it, it's the TV app is the platform now. Like this, yeah. you know. <laughs> I mean, mul- mul- multiple accounts. Hello? No? Like, there's plenty of stuff they could do on the TV. But last year, what did we get? We got aerial screensaver. We got the uh, space screensavers. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's that whenever iOS gets uh, profiles, like multiple users, then, then TVOS will get it like a year later. <laughs> it's like yeah. borrowed, but. Yeah. Like the up next queue, especially, that's TV app all the way. It's like, you you know, family account. You still have the same queue for every single person in the house. It's yeah, with with Netflix, you can do a profile from the account. With Hulu, you can do it, and you can even use the TV app integration. And when you click on the title, it'll say, you know, you can have the option to say, well, who's watching this from the TV app into the Hulu app, so that it doesn't it respects profiles. But then with Apple TV Plus, no, you, <laughs> it's it's no no family there. Even though it's a film, it'll probably be a family sharing service. So it's, Huh. Well, anyway, next week we'll come back and we'll discuss uh, Mac uh, Mac stories, uh, you know, updates in this, and including some new reporting from Guy Rambo this week um, that we'll discuss uh, next week, and uh, all the iOS 13 stuff, which is really exciting. There's a lot of stuff there, including HomeKit, which I'm excited about. So yes, uh, that's the Happy Hour podcast of this week. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Apollo Zach Benjamin. You're on Twitter at BZA Mayo, and also follow Nine to Five Mac on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, if you have any feedback, you can email us at happyhour at notifiedmac.com. If you like the show, you can give us a star in iTunes and Apple Podcasts or a rating if you want to uh, – a review if you want to write about us. Uh, if you listen in Overcast, you can uh, hit the star to recommend us. And if you really like the show, tell a friend about the show. It helps people uh, discover us, and uh, we, we feel good about that. Um, with that being said, we'll be back next week. Bye, everybody. Bye.